Welcome back to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Today we're breaking down uh, Guardians right-hander Cal Quantrill and his 2023 season uh, and looking ahead to 2024 and what to expect out of Quantrill uh, and, and really where he fits in uh, with this uh, Guardians rotation. Uh, Hoynesy, the 2023 season uh, uh, probably uh, pretty frustrating for Cal Quantrill as he dealt with uh, – uh, injuries, uh, really one injury that sort of popped up twice uh, and, and sidelined him for uh, a good chunk of the season. Uh, but, uh, you know, by the end, once he was fully healthy uh, and, and pitching into September, uh, he gave the, the Guardians some productive outings and, and was was really effective uh, and, and really sort of gave them uh, a, a lot of, uh, you know, positive stuff to, to go on uh, heading into the offseason. Uh, what does Cal Quantrill need to do uh, this offseason to to make sure to to sort of solidify his spot in the mix for a, a, a spot in the Guardians rotation in 2024? Yeah, I think uh, just stay healthy is the big thing, Joe. I mean, you know, he was coming off a great year, a career year in 2022, uh, 15 and 5, 3.38 ERA, 32 starts, 186 in the third innings. You know, plus uh, the 10 innings he threw in the postseason. So he's almost at the 200 inning mark. But, uh, you know, it's a weird thing with pitchers. You know, all these guys, you know, I don't think anyone really, any pitcher in the big leagues is all is healthy. Do you? I mean, I, this, you know, uh, Quantrill said even going through his career year in 2022, he said his, he, you know, his, his shoulder hurt. And, uh, you know, but he, he was going good. He didn't say too much and he figured he'd just keep going. And, uh, but this past season, the same injury, you know, kind of an impingement in his right shoulder, you know, kind of was just reached a point where he couldn't pitch anymore and it put him on the IL uh, at the end of May and, uh, at the, you know, at the beginning of July and, uh, you know, really cost him a big part of the season, uh, you know, so good health is is the key to to him coming back. If he's healthy, Joe, I think he's a big part of the rotation. Yeah, and and don't uh, don't misconstrue any of this. Uh, nobody here is is questioning Cal Quantrill's toughness. Uh, this is a guy who will go out there and, and pitch until his arm fell off if you if you asked him to. Uh, I really think that. I mean, he he really does have that competitiveness, and and you see all of that. Uh, it was it wasn't that he wasn't able to go out there and pitch. It's that he wasn't effective because he wasn't fully healthy. And that that really uh, started to show through uh, towards the end of May. Uh, some some really rough outings, some really uncharacteristic outings. You know, we saw him when he came back uh, from the injury uh, in Chicago, get lit up. And, and uh, you know, it, it was not long after that that he went back on the injured list. So, uh, again, it's. um it's difficult to to really get a good picture of what his 2023 season uh, was and, and could have been uh, just because of the injuries. But really, if you if you want to find the root of it, it, it really maybe does go back to the 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 offseason and the preparation and the the World Baseball Classic where he he tried to pitch for Canada and and maybe ramping up for that, uh, you know, added to the issues. 
Yeah, you know, he only made the one start for Team Canada in the WBC, but, you know, he didn't pitch very well, and he kind of had an erratic spring training, you know, one good one, two bad ones. So, you know, he was really on kind of shaky ground from from day one. And, uh, you know, but all pitchers are, you know, like I remember Dave Burba telling me I'd rather blow up than give up, you know. And so these guys will pitch till they'll, you know, till they're like you said, till their armpit falls off. If somebody doesn't say, hey, you know, let's let's put tap the brakes here. And I just hope, you know, I think he's such a smart guy, you know, and, -hmm. you know, he's a competitor. And I think, you know, this past season, if it taught him anything is to, uh, you know, kind of raise your hand and say, you know, just reach a point where enough is enough. Let's get healthy and let's, uh, you know, kind of get back where I can help the ball club, where I can take a regular turn in a rotation. Because in September, he goes two and one with a two, seven, six ERA in those last six starts. So, you know, that that's encouraging. That's what that's the uh, Cal Quantrill. Uh, Cleveland needs to be competitive and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, he has a good, you know, off season and he comes to camp and he's ready to go. Yeah. The, the first 11 uh, starts of the season were, were where you could, you could pretty much tell things weren't right with him. Uh, you know, if, uh, through 11 uh, outings, he, uh, he'd given up 64 hits uh, in 60 and basically 60 innings pitched a uh, 5.61 ERA. Uh, and the opponent's slugging percentage was 420. Uh, and, you know, they, they were hitting him. They were hitting him hard. This is a guy who pitches to contact and, and, and really does uh, sort of, you know, let the the opposing hitters put the ball in play. But it was the fact that the ball was getting hit out of the ballpark. Uh, you know, he had given up seven home runs through 11 outings. And, uh, you know, it, it was just uncharacteristic of him. Uh, strikeouts were pretty good, 34 strikeouts, but but walks were up. Uh, he wasn't able to command uh, the strike zone, command his fastball. And, and, you know, this is a guy who relies on the natural movement of his pitches uh, and, and and sort of, you know, it's not he's not a, a guy who has a six pitch mix like uh, like Aaron Savali had or anything. It was this is a guy who relies on uh, just the, the natural movement of his pitches to, to get you out. Uh, and and it really just wasn't playing to his advantage uh, through those first 11 starts. So. You know, after uh, the trip to Baltimore and at the end of May, he, he finds himself on the uh, the injured list and and really just has to work for the rest of the season uh, just to get back to the point where he's uh, able to be an effective major league pitcher. Yeah. You know, in the first time on the I.L., I think it was the first time he's ever been hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he kind of rushed it back. Uh, you know, he, he you know, kind of. You know, didn't, you know, probably should have, you know, had a couple more rehab starts in there. But, you know, the rest of the the rotation was was kind of limping around. Those guys were getting hurt, too. So he rushed back and uh, he makes, what, two starts when he comes off the uh, IL and is right back on it. So, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, he's got this behind him. You know, I don't think the surgery wasn't needed, which is a good thing. And, uh, you know, so they you just go on from here and you learn a lesson. Yeah, you talk about those uh, those two starts uh, at the end of June. Uh, he was in uh, in Chicago against the Cubs, uh, three and a third innings, uh, eight hits, six runs. Uh, didn't give up a home run, uh, but but two walks and, and really just sort of got knocked around there. And then he comes home to face Atlanta 
and Atlanta just sort of, uh, you know, knocked them all over the park, 11 hits in four and a third innings. Uh, again, this is a guy when he's going well is an innings eater. He's a, he's a guy who stays out there. He gives you six innings and outing, uh, when, when he's right, uh, that that's pretty much the way he goes. And he takes pride in that. You can tell, uh, so you can tell when he's only going three, four innings, a, a start that, uh, you know, something's not, uh, not right with him, but, uh, you know, just resolving those, uh, those shoulder issues, uh, and, and coming back in September, I think is a, was a good step for him, a, a good positive, um, you know, movement towards, uh, the, the 2024 season, uh, with the emergence of the the young trio of starters in the the Guardians rotation, uh, what does that do to uh, you know? There's two, obviously two other spots in the rotation available. You you may or may not have Shane Bieber uh, if if he you know is part of an offseason trade. You may or may not have uh, Tristan McKenzie if he is healthy. Uh, that leaves a couple of other young options and and Cal Quantrill as guys on your roster uh, right now for Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, you, it, it it all depends, Joe, like you were saying. It all depends what they do with Bieber. You know, that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the rotation. You know, I, I think you got to kind of move McKenzie just to, you know, his own kind of spot on the table. You know, if he comes back, he comes back, you know. You know, we, they're they're not really going to know about him until they, you know, they spring training, maybe not even then. But, you know, when you look at Quantrill and you look at, you know, Gavin Williams and, and Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee, you know, you, you, got, you can't, you know, you, you, it would be nice to have kind of a veteran, uh, you know, a veteran right-hander like uh, uh, Quantrill to kind of just kind of sit, maybe sit in the middle of that rotation, be able to settle things down, make sure you took, he takes his turn every five or four, four or five days and just kind of, you know, just kind of levels off that rotation or, you know, who knows, maybe he is a, a, a trade, you know, a, a trade prospect, uh, you know, well, maybe. And, and that's what I was going to bring up. If you can't trade Bieber, if you don't find uh, you're getting satisfactory return on, on, on trade talks uh, about Bieber, uh, does, does trading Quantrill maybe uh, start to make a, a, a little more sense? Well, he's got four years. He's four years in the big leagues, four years of service time, two years away from uh, free agency. He's eligible for arbitration again. Um, you know, what, what's the market for him? You know, Joe, that's what that's what you got to ask. He's coming off a down season, an injured season. Uh, you know, I don't think you're going to be able to trade him right out of the gate. You're not going to be able to trade him in, in December or, or January, I don't think. You know, at least, you know, just for, you know, I guess you could, but I think it would be di- you're not going to get as much value for him unless mm-hmm. if you know if you get into the season and he's pitching well, you come up to the deadline and maybe you know depending on where the Guardians are in the standings, then you make a move. But uh, I think you've got to he's got to he's got to prove to himself, to the Guardians, and to uh, the rest of baseball that he's healthy. Yeah, and he's projected to make uh, in arbitration about six point six million uh, this season, so certainly affordable uh, for for any one of the contending teams uh, out there. Uh, you know, ones that are that are looking for reliable starting pitching. And uh, again, when if the questions about his shoulder are answered, I think uh, he is that he is reliable. He is a guy who takes the ball uh, every five days and, and gives you uh, you know six innings and. 
I, I can see that uh, being attractive to to teams. But uh, let's say you do trade him in the offseason and then you move Bieber at the, the trade deadline. Uh, you, you better be uh, pretty confident that, uh, you know, other guys in uh, the pipeline right now, uh, guys like Joey Cantillo or, uh, you know, even Xavion Curry, Hunter Gaddis are, are going to be able to to step in and, and fill at least one of those spots uh, at, at some point. Otherwise, you're you're, you know, leaving yourself a little short. I mean, you think about it, you go into the season, you need at least eight starting pitchers that you can can rely on. And, and for the Guardians, the last couple of years, it's been even more than that. So uh, you, you don't want to be dealing away uh, one of those pieces that, that can just provide you 200 innings if if he's if he's right. Yeah, Joe, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know, I'm, that scares me. I'm not even I'm not I, I have nothing to do with this team. And that would if I that, that kind of that would that would scare me to to just go with the three rookies or you know, well, three second year pitchers and kind of fill in the gaps uh, with in the next two spots uh, with some guys that, you know, we haven't really seen a whole lot of. Um, so I, I would think they'd be very, very careful. I, I, I can't see them dealing Bieber and, and Quantrill, you know, it's either one or the other, or, you know, maybe, you know, you hang on to both of them until the, until the, you know, to the deadline and then you make a decision. Yeah. And I think that's the more likely scenario as, as they get further and further into the off season. Uh, if, if you're not trading, uh, you know, Bieber by the, by maybe the end of the, uh, the, the the winter meetings here, uh, then maybe it's a sign that you're you're going to hold on to him and and take it all the way up to the trade deadline and, and try to get something then. Uh, but uh, again, we, you know we've seen this uh, time and time again with this club when when they get pitchers to that point, uh, and and that puts a burden on the other guys in the rotation because uh, you know we we saw last season what happens when your starters go short on a consistent basis and you you get into that bullpen as much as 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 Tito was forced to use his bullpen, uh, and uh, you know the the bullpen isn't as effective. They get guys that it, they're still very very good uh, effective pieces uh, at the back end of that that pen, but you know if they're pitching every night in high leverage situations, uh, it takes a toll. And and you know that's that's what having a guy like a Cal Quantrill on the roster uh, sort of helps you avoid. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, and, uh, you know, we saw that they were so protective of Williams, uh, Allen and and Bybee. You know, they really they kind of gave Bybee his head, you know, in the second half and let him go a little deeper into games. But, you know, they were really, really careful. And, you know, I, I think they would probably do do the same in 2024. I don't think they, these guys are going to like, you know, you're just going to let them out of the shoot and go seven and eight innings. I, you know, I can't see that. So you need, you need, you know, some stabilizers, some guys that have been through it. And, you know, Quantrill and Bieber are those guys right now. Uh, let's talk about uh, the, the pitch mix for, um, uh, for Cal Quantrill. Uh, we did see him uh, sort of increase his use of the uh, the split-fingered uh, fastball. At times, he, he almost sort of looked like he was falling in love with it and maybe overusing it a bit. Uh, but his usage of the split finger uh, jumped up to, uh, you know, 12.3% uh, of his pitches uh, last season were splitters. Uh, and, you know, this is a guy who relied on that sinker, you know, throws it 41% of the time. 
uh, tries to throw the cutter a little bit more. Uh, his his changeup, his off-speed stuff uh, isn't as strong as some of the other guys uh, on that pitching staff. So, you know, uh, again, relying on that movement. But the, the split-fingered uh, pitch is one that he's sort of featuring now. Is this something that he could get into trouble with if he, you know, doesn't learn how to, to sort of harness it in this offseason? Well, you know, I, you know, just in talking to a Cal during the course of the season, you know, he was really frustrated because he had worked so hard on the splitter during the offseason, you know, but he because of the injuries, he really didn't get to use it. You know, he was just trying to survive, you know, before he went on the, the I.L., the first time he was just trying to, you know, get people out. So he really didn't go to the splitter as much as he wanted to. And finally, you know, when he was healthy in September, you know, when he had some confidence in his shoulder, you know, he started throwing it more, Joe, he threw it, like you were saying, 12% of the time, the opposition hit 241 against it. And so, you know, that, that's, that's a pretty good pitch for him. Uh, you know, so, you know, he, obviously he kind of overthrew it a, a few times in September, but, uh, you know, I think uh, I think he was pleased at the end of the year with how that splitter worked. And, you know, he, he kind of, you know, works off his curveball. Uh, you know, he, he what he, the opposition only hit 188 against the curveball. Now, they, they kind of pounded the change up. They, they, they hit that, you know, 344 against that. But, you know, uh, but I think the splitter is going to be a big pitch definitely for him. I think he likes it. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, something that we're going to see in uh, as a sort of a, an evolution for him. And, and uh, the, the movement on that, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, really good uh, when he throws it effectively. He's he can he can get a little bit more swing and miss. And I think that's something that's attractive to him as well. You know, being a, a guy who who's whose profile really is a, you know, sort of let them put the ball in play uh, sort of, uh, you know, pitcher as opposed to now maybe getting a, a few more strikeouts here and there. Uh, with with the splitter uh, being a little bit more effective, what does a uh, uh, what does a good 2024 season look like uh, for Cal Quantrill as as he you know heads into this? If if he's fully healthy, you know what are the projections uh, that that you can expect? Uh, the um and and the the projections here from Fangraphs uh, really I can't tell if uh, if they think he's gonna. Um, be a starter or a reliever uh, because uh, it, it says 18 projected starts, but 46 appearances, uh, according to Fangraphs. Uh, you know, maybe maybe he does get uh, you know bounced around to a, a bullpen if he's not effective. I guess so, but you know, I would think you know if he's going to be effective, Joe, in in uh, 2024, he's got to you know kind of go back to 2000 as. 2022 and how he pitched in clutch situations. Uh, in 2022, uh, he limited the opposition to a 228 batting average with runners in scoring position. That jumped up to 279 last season. In uh, late and, and close situations, the opposition only hit 118 against them in 2022 oh, wow. compared to 250 last season. And in high leverage situations, uh, the batting average against was 271 in 2022 and 2000 and 283 last year. So I think, you know, he's so competitive in those situations that, you know, those numbers say to me that he wasn't really healthy. And when I think when he's healthy in those situations, I think you're going to see the, you know, the, the, the Cal Quantrill we saw in, in 2022. 
Yeah, that competitiveness, uh, you know, obviously the the son of a former major league pitcher, uh, he's been around the game uh, for as long as he has. Uh, he, he really does that, that fire and that competitiveness comes across. You remember back to the, the 2021 season when he was pitching out of the bullpen uh, because he struggled in spring training. And, you know, he came in in those high leverage situations. I remember a couple of games against the White Sox where he came in and, and he was just really effective. You know, he likes to, to, to pump the fist coming off the mound after a big strikeout or a big out. Uh, this is a guy who, uh, is, who plays for his teammates as well. Uh, you know, he's always constantly talking about uh, he's a great quote when asked about the other players in the clubhouse and the other players on the team. Uh, you know, he does play the game the right way uh, in, in a lot of respects. So uh, it, it it would be nice to, to see him be fully healthy and, and um you know, in 2024 and, and sort of let that back out on the field and, and let that fire sort of, uh, you know, carry him. Uh, it should be, should be interesting uh, to see what the guardians decide to do with him and, you know, what, how big of a, a, a part of the, the rotation he eventually ends up being in 2024 uh, under a new manager under Steven vote. How do you think he, uh, he handles the, the, the change uh, there in the clubhouse uh, with, with vote coming in, uh, and 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 sort of putting his stamp on the club. Oh, I don't think it'll be a problem as long as as long as Quantrill's healthy. You know, I think uh, you know Vote has probably seen a plenty of him. I would think uh, you know over the course of the years, he know they know he knows how he pitches. If he's healthy, I think he's got a spot in a rotation. And uh, you kind of just leave those guys alone. You leave a guy like Cal Quantrill alone if he's going to give you 32 starts. You just kind of don't trip him on the way, you know, in the dugout. You know, <laughs> you just kind of stay out of his way and let him pitch. All right, Hoynes, that's going to wrap up our uh, conversation about uh, Cal Quantrill and how he fits in in 2024. Uh, we'll, be to, we'll look to be back uh, uh, later on this week with uh, more takes on the 40-man roster and what to expect uh, next season here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. <laughs>